Matthew chapter 5, and we're in verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is, is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches other to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> this is sort of a, an, an introduction paragraph to, to what's going what's gonna to follow. Jesus had, had told the, uh, the, the disciples that given, given them the, the Beatitudes, the... Then uh, I would, I would, for lack of a better term, say the next there in, in 13 through 16 were sort of the do attitudes, how you're to do, that the beatitudes, what you're to be as a believer in Jesus, and then then how we're to to to, to live our lives. Uh, Doctor Constable says the the beatitudes explain what a disciple of Jesus is, and what follows it explains what a disciple does. So it, so it seems kind of, uh, uh, kind of strange. All of a sudden, he, he, he jumps to this and, and, and says, starts explaining why he came or, or, or what he's doing. And I think we need sort of a reminder of, of the context, you know, the, 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 the broad context of just the, the first century and, and what the Jewish perspective was the typical Jewish perspective on what the Messiah that God, that the Old Testament had promised them would be. And, and, and that being pretty much just the opposite of what Jesus is, was, and, and, and the Messiah that he was. They were expecting this, this earthly king to overthrow Rome, to, to reestablish the, the Davidic kingdom there on earth, and that, that, that Israel would be independent and would be the, the mighty nation. And, and that wasn't God's plan, that he came as a, 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 a Messiah who would save them from an, a worse enemy than Rome, he would save them and us also from the penalty of sin, from, from, from death, that he came to, to be that, that sacrifice, that spiritual uh, substitution for all of us. So in, in the broad sense, he's, he's remember uh, when, when, when the Sermon on the Mount began, said seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain and he sat down and his disciples came to him and then he began talk, talking. And so, in the broad sense, these are people who are thinking, this is the Messiah that's going to overthrow Rome. In a more narrow sense, it's kind of, kind of out of our linear way of thinking, but that the Gospels don't always go 100% chronologically. And so, though we have just, you know, in chapter 4, 
into chapter 3, Jesus was baptized. In chapter 4, he went uh, into the wilderness and was tempted for 40 days. And, and then, then Matthew has uh, several paragraphs about Jesus ministering. But when we, when we look at the Gospels, the, the records of Jesus, in, in, in the full sense and look at all of them, you might be familiar with the, with the, the phrase, the, 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 the book or outline, the harmony of the Gospels that, that scholars have put together and tell you, okay, this is, this is how they actually happened. Now, they don't know and, and, and can make mistakes, but one biggie, one well-known one is, is that by A.T. Robertson, a, a, a Baptist, a good old Baptist who, who decades and decades ago uh, very much a scholar laid out just how the Gospels all fit together. And if, if following uh, A.T. Robertson's Harmony of the Gospel, this is a year into Jesus' ministry. And so, so just think about that. These crowds that are following him, some have been following him for, for quite a while. It's not that, this, that Jesus is this new kid on the block and just goes to, to Galilee and begins teaching and people come in. A lot of things have, have happened. Basically, the first five chapters of John, uh, bits and pieces of, of, of uh, Mark and Luke, even some things that we're going to read about later in Matthew have already happened. This, during, during this year. Jesus has already turned the water into wine. He's, he's had a ministry, uh, set up his ministry in, in Capernaum there in the north side of the Sea of Galilee. And, and John uh, chapter 2, you remember Jesus was in Jerusalem for the Passover and he cleansed the temple. So he's already drawn attention to himself to the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Jewish leaders. They're already very suspicious of him that, that he, he, he cleansed the temple there that first uh, Passover. He's, he's spent time ministering in, in Judea, in Samaria. He's gone back to his hometown, and they, they ran him out of town, even wanted to throw him over a cliff to kill him. And he, he set up his ministry there in, in Galilee, in, in Capernaum. He's called all of the, the disciples, all of the 12 by now. He's in John chapter 5. He goes back to Jerusalem for, the sec, for a second Passover. So, so these crowds, they've had a year. They are very familiar. So I think it's a big crowd that comes to him. So they have their conceptions and or misconceptions, they have their ideas of what Jesus, who he is, what he is, how he's going about uh, his teaching, his ministry, the, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, the, 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 the lawyers uh, of the day were, were very much in, in Matthew 12, which A.T. Robertson puts Matthew 12 ahead of Matthew 5 chronologically. And it says that they started, they began to conspire how to kill him because of Jesus' view of the Sabbath. So, so the, the scribes, the Pharisees, they, they're already wanting to kill Jesus. The, 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 the multitudes are flocking to him because of the, the healing that he has, has, has done. And he, all of a sudden, he comes out. He says, this is what you're to be. These are the, 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 the Beatitudes. This is, is, is what a disciple is to be. He continues now, and he's telling them, them how they're to live. 
And, and so verses 17 through 20 are sort of an introduction then to this teaching that he's going to, to continue for the rest of the, of the Sermon on the Mount. And he begins by saying, I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets. You know, that he's, he's, he's done things on the Sabbath that, that he's, he's, he's uh, his disciples picking corn, ears of corn on the Sabbath to eat, that, that he, he, he told them, uh, you know, what, what did David do when David and his men were in the temple and they ate the showbread? That he's saying that, you know, the Son of Man came, he is Lord of the Sabbath. The scribes and Pharisees, they are sticklers for the law. Just that they're the lawyers. We're going to see in this uh, in, in, in the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, if the scribes and Pharisees are the lawyers, Jesus is the cardiologist. He's the one who, who changes, who takes care of the heart. And, and so he, in, in this introduction, he, don't get the wrong idea. Just because I've been fighting with these yahoos doesn't mean that I came to, to abolish the law. And, and, and he's saying that, that everything that was written beforehand still applies. I came to fulfill the law and, and the prophets. So, so he, he's, he's giving them, it's kind of an introduction. And you know, you know I'm, this is probably going to be one of those big foot in the mouth statements. But, you know, you hear all sorts of introductions Say from a Bible study or a preaching uh, situation, you know that, that that preachers will use an introduction to sort of get you into the to the uh, you know the sermon that they're about to to preach. Some of them are better than others. Some of them are you know it's like okay, what does this have to do with that? But but ne nevertheless, Jesus it gives them an introduction before he tells them, "You have heard it." said of old, you shall not murder, before he gets into those teachings, he, he says, I want you to know I haven't come to abolish the law and, and the prophets. So he, he's giving, uh, you know, right off the bat, we, we, we find this credence, this, this affirmation of the Old Testament. We, we, we find that, that he's, he's saying the, the Old Testament is God's word. Don't throw it out. And, and, and the early church accepted the Old Testament as part of, of the Scripture. And he's, he's validating just the, uh, the, the authoritative nature, the importance, the inspiration of, of the Old Testament. And he shows this reverence for the, 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 the Old Testament and for, for, for all of Scripture. It also reminds us that what God has said is still true. That, that, that God's word is eternal. And, and Jesus had that, that view of it. When he says the law and the prophets, he basically means the whole Old Testament. I mean, the law and the prophets are two out of the three divisions of the, of, of the Old Testament. You'd say you had the law, the prophets, and the writings. But when they use the phrase, when, when the New Testament writers use the phrase, it really means the, the whole of the, uh, of the Old Testament. So you would include Psalms in, the, in, in there. So, so let's, let's back up again. And maybe I got bogged down just in the, in the introduction of the introduction. But he says, don't think this. Don't think that I've, I've come for this reason. Don't think that, I've, that I'm going to abolish the, 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 the law and the prophets. 
If you're thinking that because I've been fighting with the scribes and the Pharisees, you're wrong. Don't think that. But notice then what he says. Don't think that I have come. Little word. Somebody says, tell me about your life. What do do you say? I know that's just random, totally, you know, you could say anything. I mean, you could start with what you did yesterday, what you had for breakfast, or you could go way back. Tell me about your life. Well, I was born in Longview, Texas. Jesus doesn't say, I was born. He says, I have come. It's, 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 he's, it's implying, it's implicit that he's, he's preexistent. He was already there. As a matter of fact, Jesus, only one time does he mention that he was born. Do you remember when that was? And then he follows it up by saying, and I came. When he's before Pilate, and Pilate's saying, you know, are you king of the Jews? It's in, it's in John um, chapter 18 in, 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 in the, in the the discourse between Jesus and Pilate, John 18, verse 33, it says, Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus to him. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What what have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said, what is the truth? Jesus Jesus knows Pilate is not, I mean, he's got the spiritual IQ of an ice cube. That that Pilate is not a spiritual person. So he starts by saying, for that purpose I was born. But then, just so there's no mistake, he said, that's why I've come. You know, so so Jesus is telling you, this is why I, I, I have come. It was a voluntary act that he came. You know, you voluntarily got in the car and drove to church this, this morning. Now, if you're still working, you might not totally voluntarily drive to work tomorrow, but, but you know, for the most part, it's, you know, you chose. Jesus chose to come into the world. He, he, he wasn't born. He didn't come into existence the mom, that moment in Bethlehem in the, in, the major, in the manger. He is the pre, I mean, the, 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 the eternal Christ, the eternal second person of, of the Trinity, the, the pre-existing Christ. That I came, I volunteered to come. And he says, I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets, but I came to fulfill them. Now, fulfill, I, I, I heard one preacher say, that is a pregnant word. It is full of meaning. If you hear the, the and I said fulfill. The ESV says accomplish. I, I, not one, okay, it does say fulfill. I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth shall pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is, is accomplished. If you hear the word fulfill, 
What, what, what do you think? What, what meaning do you, uh, do, do you give to it? Do you prescribe to that word fulfill? You know, you hear, hear it complete. You hear it all the time that, that Amazon is, and even Walmart, they're, they're building these fulfillment centers all over the, the, the country, you know, where they, where they fulfill, they complete an order and, and, and ship it out. So, so, but does it only mean to complete? Is, is that enough to describe what Jesus did in, in fulfilling the, uh, the, the, the law and the prophets, the, the Old Testament. One, one, one aspect of it certainly is a, a completion or uh, an accomplishment to satisfy the demands of, of the law by dying under judgment of the law in, in, in our place. The, 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 the Greek word, and I didn't look it up in a Greek New Testament. I mean, I did, but I didn't, I didn't know this. Okay, so I got this from somebody way smarter. They say it's, it's, it's pleru, and, and it means, that, you know, broad meaning. Vine's uh, word dictionary says it's, it's to fill with content. And so, so you'll see this in, in the Gospels when talking about their nets were full, were filled with fish. It's to fill them with, with content. Jesus came to fill the law and the prophets with content, to, to give them meaning, to complete that meaning, to accomplish that meaning. So, so it's not just, it's, it's completion, but it's even more. It's, it's to, to make sense of them. That, that think of just how the law and the prophets, the Psalms make sense when you apply Jesus to it. He came to give it the, the completeness, the, the, the accomplishment of everything that, that God had said in the law. You could divide the law into, into three, um, you know, sections, the, the judicial, the, the, the moral, the ceremonial uh, you know, the moral law, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the, the judicial, the, the more uh, expansive law on, on, on what you could do and, and, and how you handled situations, or the ceremonial laws, the, the, the feasts, the sacrifices uh, that, that were done, you know, daily. He said, I've come to give meaning to all of that completeness of meaning, to, to fill it, like later they're going to talk about those nets being full, that, that Jesus fulfills it. He fills those laws and, 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 and those commandments with his, uh, by his coming, by, by his living. And he says, truly, truly, one, one commentary said that no other ancient writer, at least in the first century by now, ever used that phrase. You know, you, you may remember it from the King James, certain things that we memorized, uh, we, we memorized in the King James, you know, like uh, that for God so loved the world. I, that's not the best one for a King James, but you know what I'm talking. So in, in, the, in, in the King James, you, you may remember it says, verily, verily, I say unto you, truly, truly, that, that he's, he's giving authority to, his, to what he's teaching, what he's saying, that I have the power and the authority to say this, and not one 
what did the King James say, jot or tittle will, will pass away. Now, what are, what are those? You know, it's this, they say it's the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet. The, um, the, 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 the jot being, it's a comma, but it's above the line. And that, that was a, a, a letter. And it really had, you could leave it out and not really change the meaning of the word. So even that word, even that small letter, it won't go away. And then the, the dot, um, I, I read one guy's description of it was, pretend that you're writing a C. Okay, so you know what a C looks like. And then if you put a line out to the, to the right of the C, it becomes an E. That, it, that it's a small little line like that that changes a C to an E. He said it, just the two smallest letters, nothing will pass away. Again, it's, it's giving authority to the Word of God, to, to the Old Testament. Nothing is going, none of those are going to pass away until heaven and earth pass away. So in other words, when Jesus comes again, when, when the new heaven and the new earth are, 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 are created. And then he says, whoever teaches, relaxes even the least of the commandments and teaches others to do so is going to be least in the kingdom. Now, believe it or not, we are not the first people who, who sort of rank laws and, and, and regulations. Um, you know what I mean? Okay, so you, you think of sin. It's like, well, I'm not a murderer. I'm not an adulterer. I'm not a thief. It's like, those guys, they're really bad, you know, you know. But just because I will test the grapes at Kroger doesn't mean I, I'm a thief. You know, you rank, you rank, and I don't do that. I mean, that's, yeah. I would get caught. I've looked guilty like my whole life. I don't know. I would get caught, you know, and I'd be the one person. Let's I guess if you're in Dallas County, it doesn't matter because that's not a $700 grape, though it might be in a few months with the inflation like it is. But, but you know, it's like we, we rank sins, you know? And Jesus is going to go on later and he's going to say, you've heard it said from old, you shall not com commit murder. Whoever murders will be liable to, just, to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. You know, he's going to go on and expand, you know, say this is what the law really means. It's the heart. It's not just outside actions, you know. And so at the... The Pharisees and scribes, they would say, well, this is, you know, it's, these are the most important laws. You get closer to the bottom of the list, it's like, yeah, you can be a little shady on those. You know, maybe, maybe you can go 10 extra feet or, you know, or, or fry an extra piece of chicken on, you know, a after synagogue on Saturday that you can, you can do, you know, people, some things. People do that with the speed limit all the time. That's a good example. Everybody... No, I don't, I don't do it either. I never fudge that speed limit. Or those white lines, you know, don't cross this, this line to get into that lane. Never. That's the only thing I've ever gotten a ticket for is crossing one of those lines. And that was a trap. But anyhow. <laughs> so, so, so we do that. Jesus is saying, if you, if you teach somebody 
you, you relax it for yourself. And then even worse, you teach other people it's okay to do this. You will be the least in the kingdom. Now, it's think about that second part of that sentence. You will be the least in the kingdom. It's almost like he's saying some Christians are going to do this. Some believers are going to do this, but don't do it. You, you are the least in the kingdom. And then he gets even stronger or, well, let me read it and then you tell me what it is. He says, I tell you. Remember, he's saying, I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets. They are still in, 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 in effect. I came to complete them, to give them full meaning. And I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Several commentators, preachers say, you know, the, the contemporary version would be, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the pastor, the youth pastor, the, you know, the church secretary, all of these positions, missionaries, you know, to foreign countries, you're not going to enter the, the kingdom of, of heaven. Then it's, it, I don't know if that's really, you know, I don't, I don't know that our clergy is, is that legalistic. He's saying these, these who were the lawyers, those who were sticklers for every little law, and even expanded it. You know, uh, centuries after this, they come up with the, the Mishnah, the, the interpretation of the law, and, and, the, and the Talmud that are just volumes and volumes of what every law means and how you have to extend it. And he's saying if your righteousness is, doesn't exceed the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So are you part of the kingdom of heaven? But you're still part of the kingdom of heaven. So how has your righteousness extended that of the scribes and the Pharisees? Oh, 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 wait. Oh, wait. Is he saying you have to be good enough to get there? Because no, you, you, you can't. And, and, and the law and even the prophets prove that. So what, what then does he mean that you're righteousness has to be to this level. How can my righteousness be good enough to get me to the kingdom, into the kingdom of heaven? You got to be a believer. You got to be a believer, so it's, it's an imputed righteousness. It's not my righteousness, it's Christ's righteousness. And, 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 and Paul Talks about it all the time that the writer of Hebrews does. But, but, but one good passage, and, and if you grew up a boy in a Baptist church, you know the center part of this passage, but if you did RAs, you know, we are ambassadors for Christ. They, they jerked that phrase right out of the middle of this passage, and, but that was the, the motto of, of the royal ambassadors. But Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, in, in verse 16, he says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 
All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to Him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting them to the message of reconciliation. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God, and this is, this is the key, for our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. That in Christ, that His righteousness is imputed to us. When we believe and put our faith in Him, you know, you're saved by grace, through faith, but it's, it's that we receive then Christ's righteousness. That is the only way you can exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Because no matter how, how faithful they were, they could not uphold the law. But Jesus did. He, he lived the perfect, obedient life. And, and then He completed all of those sacrificial laws with, with that one sacrifice on Calvary. There is no need for any more sacrifice. He, 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 he completed it all. It, Jeremiah 31, 31, and, and, and the writer of Hebrews quotes it, that God is making a new covenant, and in that new covenant, He is going to give them a new heart. It's not this, this old covenant of, I have to do these laws, I have to follow these laws, and, and, and these restrictions that nobody can do, but this new covenant that gives us, we're a new creation. He gives us a new heart, a desire then to serve God, to obey Him, and, and follow Him. So, so that's the introduction to what Jesus is going to teach. You know, He's saying, big deal if you don't murder somebody. But if you hate your brother, you've murdered him in the same way. And, and He uses example. I think there's six of them um, over and over of, of different things that, yeah, you... you, you you know that you shouldn't commit adultery. But if you lust after someone, you've committed adultery in your heart. And he expands it. It's not just actions, it's, it's of our heart. But God gives us a new heart. We're a new creation in Him. And we have received Christ's righteousness, which is a good thing because our righteousness, we're, we're not going to exceed that, you know. Think, think, think of the most righteous person that you knew, have ever known. I think mine would be my grandmother. It's like, I couldn't, but she was not able to save herself. You know, people who, who, who no matter what they do, they could not, you cannot save yourself. But God, Jesus came. I wasn't born. He came. He was preexisting. He came into the world not to abolish the law, but to complete it, to fulfill it, to give it all this meaning, and then to give us His righteousness that covers our sin. What else? I mean, any, any, um, any other observations? Because I know, I mean, if, if the word fulfill is pregnant, this whole paragraph is double pregnant. I know you can't really be double pregnant. Well, I guess if you have twins. But it, it's, there's just so much stuff in here, you know. And Jesus is, he, the scribes and Pharisees are already after him, you know. 
he's, he's, they think he's violated the Sabbath. You know, they, they think he's, he's come to abolish the, the law. They're, they're, they're already ready to kill him. And he said, I didn't come to do that. I came to fulfill it. And your righteousness needs to be greater than theirs. You need to receive my righteousness. And then you will be that new creation. So we'll start, we'll, we'll see how he then explains this beginning, um, I had a pen next week in, in verse 21. Um, could be a long passage to read. It's interesting, there's all kinds of books on the, the, the Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and D. Martin Lloyd-Jones has one. And it's, it's, I think it's 30 chapters. It's 30 sermons that he preached at his church prior to when I was born, because the book was published in 1959. Prior to when I was born, it was, he, he preached these sermons and some of them are like on one word, one verse. And, and it's, so it's like, well, this is a good resource, but it's like, should you have to read a hundred pages to, to get through two verses? It's like, I got to find the audio version of this for sure. But um, so I, I, I'm, we're going to, we'll work through it and we'll see just how Jesus taught, how he gives meaning to the law. It's about the heart, not the actions. Well, let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you that Jesus did come, that you sent him to live the perfect life, to be that atonement for our sins, our, our substitute. God, may we be a light to the world that, that, that our actions might, might be, to, uh, that others would see you, that we would just reflect the, the love of Christ. God, that we would share with others just what you've done, that, that they too could have that new life, be a, a, a new creation in Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen.